Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 500 Greatest Films podcast. I'm Hector Navarro, one of your hosts. My other host is Mr. Keller Knobloch. Keller, say hi. Hello, my name is Keller Knobloch. Today we're talking about number 499. It's week two, baby, of 10 years. We're talking about Saw, which came out in 2004, the original Saw, the first Saw. Um, And uh, let's just get right into it. Before we start, Keller, if you would please read us our wonderful synopsis little blurb from from Empire Magazine from 2008. The Magazine. magazine. 4.99 Saw, 2004. Director James Wan. The never-ending stream of sequels may have diminished its impact, but there's no denying the shock we got when we first entered the puzzle-loving psycho jigsaws fiendish <laughs> death-trapped world. All right, that'll do. Um, <clears throat> also, we have a uh, our first. Uh, thank you. I will insist every single week. We have our first uh, arata that we need to address. We need to fix. Last week. Our first one. <clears throat> yes, first of many. So often. Yes, it is. We yes. mixed up our Attenboroughs. <laughs> what do you want from me? Damn. I said, do your best, uh, Richard, who is, of course, the actor, director, who was in Jurassic Park and directed Gandhi. Yes. But then you proceeded with giving me what I wanted, which was an impression of David Attenborough, yes. who we know from Planet Earth and World of Plants 3D, which... Yes, who yes. didn't direct Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a good Attenborough. Nonetheless, a biologist. Welcome to <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh my God! Do spared no expense. We spared no expense. <laughs> oh boy, that would have been fantastic. All right, so every week's Keller is going to read um, the little blurb that is in the list of the 500 greatest movies of all time, as put together by Empire Magazine. This is a legendary list. In my eyes, I've been carrying around this magazine for 10 years. This is week two. He carries it around. I have, I've been carrying it. No, there was a good few years, two or three years, where like it was in the backseat of my car. And when I would give people rides, I would even be like, check out that magazine if you want. Just to like get people to flip through and be like, okay, because nobody cares. About movies. But, um, how, but then one day someone got on the car like, there should be a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, huh, bing, light bulb. <laughs> um, so, Saw. So let's talk about this thing, Keller. We have seen it. Have seen it. We have done this a year. We did, we did this a year ago. And we had our good friend, our good buddy, Gregory Smith, who is actually a massive Saw enthusiast, mainly for that first movie. I think he's seen most of the sequels and he's like, they're bad. They get worse and worse. But... He talked about the experience of watching that film when it came out, and we are going to have Greg on a future episode. We're going to we invited him back, but not to talk about Saw again. He's going to come back. He's going to talk about another movie. But Greg discussed the sort of impact that this movie had, and like we said last week, even though we rag on Saw, yeah, and we will continue to rag on Saw because, oh man, yikes! There uh, are some some real. Turdy turd moments in this movie, um, literally and figuratively. It's all phoned in. Yes, and and flip phoned in. In fact, flip phoned in. But uh, <laughs> in the toilet. But, but like, even without hearing Greg's description of the time, two thousand four, you know, <clears throat> teens and young people sneak into this rated R movie, go see this rated R movie, and it was the first of what would become many, many sort of like horror, body horror. You know, super kind of like gory, super gory, hostile type movie. What's the name of that? It's like, uh, I guess it's kind of, um, 
Is the, was the phrase I'm thinking of? It's it's horror porn. Sure. Like like horror gore or something like that. I don't know what the exact porn. Yeah, which is something that James Wan has talked about. And and the writer who's also starring in this movie, I'm forgetting the the Australian guy's name. I'll pull up. Who've ta- oh, who've ta- I think his last name's One L. That's it's, an accurate statement. It's something One L. These two guys have talked about them not being super stoked that Saw then led triggered to that. yeah basically triggered Lee One L. Lee One L. Um, but hearing Greg talk about like man when you're young and we all saw this movie the first time in theaters like it blew people's minds and like I said last week like we were talking about. This list is comprised of the 500 greatest movies of all time, which of course has movies on there because of their Impact. quality. Just like stri- – like it'll be obscure movies, but but the film enthusiasts know like, oh, we all missed this mm-hmm. and this is amazing. Yeah. And also there's movies on there because of impact, Keller. You're right. Cultural significance, cultural impact. And nobody is denying the impact that Saw had on especially horror when it came out. Um which is crazy. I mean, we were just talking about it. it led or just to like hostile. probably it led low to, budget indie movies in general. Which is the craziest thing. Like, like Keller and I were rewatching this this morning, and he turned Keller turned to me and he was like, "I hate this movie." Yeah, <laughs> and I turned to Hector and I said, "This is very good for one million for one million dollars." This movie cost a million dollars. Million dollars made one hundred million dollars. It was, I think, at the time the most like financially successful yeah. movie ever. The most finite, the movie that like with the lowest amount budget, highest gross, and that's incredibly impressive. And it's it's something where like James Wan then went on to direct other horror movies, but then he eventually got um, Furious Seven, yeah, which was a huge blockbuster. And in the middle of filming that, one of his lead actors tragically passes away, Paul Walker, and he had to like. Seam with, it together. Seam it together with Vin Diesel and all the producers and everybody, like the, the cast and everybody, like they decided, let's keep going. Let's let's seam it together. Let's finish it. So like an incredibly impressive feat for James Wan to to be able to to, to pull that out of the park. And as of the time of this recording, Aquaman hasn't come out yet. Not yet. We're a year away from Aquaman. Um, another, another big budget superhero, you know, potentially franchise starter and it's the question of like does James Wan deserve to make these kinds of movies absolutely based on the return and alone based on the return yes. alone but even despite that like the story of how this movie is made I'm more of a fan of than the actual movie itself the True. story of Lee Wanell and James Wan in Australia this is Lee Wanell's story and then they both yes. wrote the script I think even they may have even both had he's got the story credit he's got the he, okay Lee James Wan has story this, credit no, Lee Wanell has story credit so but it's written by both of them what I love is that it's it's a case of like them this is basically an audition piece this is basically a pay Show attention us what you got yeah pay attention to us Australian filmmakers and storytellers we want to play with the big boys we want to go work in Hollywood and nobody was picking their shit up. Nobody would like cared. And so they're like, okay, we need to write a film that can take place mostly in one room, which led to the idea of Saw, which is yeah. a brilliant idea. It's a brilliant concept. It's horrifying. It's it's scary. And it works because it's a movie where the audience, but also the character, you know, like most good horror, it's out of your control. The thing that's happening to you is is out of your control. So you feel helpless. You feel scared. Um and it's and it's a brilliant concept. The thing for me that I struggle with the most <laughs> is the, uh, you know, and you don't want to knock it because we again, didn't talk about it. We're like, it is a good story. Yes, it's like a good. The concept is great. Yes, uh, good casts too. Good. We all love cast. the cast. Like as we're watching this, we're like two lost alumni. Yeah, Michael Emerson, 
maybe the best performance and best actor in this film. For sure. Like such a good, I mean, he's so good at that. Yeah. He's so good at playing that. And then just a a few, and just two years later, he would premiere in Lost as Henry Gale, a.k.a. Ben Linus. And then, you know, for me, create such a so memorable honestly, character. I'm, I am so grateful that this movie was made for that reason. To, that to Michael like, Emerson was in Lost. That, that he could, yeah, that he could, <laughs> that, my, that this is basically an audition piece for Michael Emerson to yeah. be like, oh, if you wanted to, you could play a bad guy for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. you're brilliant at it. You're so good. Then we have Ken Lung, who recently showed up in uh, a couple years ago in Force Awakens, really briefly in oh, Star yeah. Wars. But he is in Lost as well as that same sort of cop type, like, no fr- no frills, it no... take bullshit. No bullshit. Smart ass. Really smart ass cop character who gets yeah. paired up with Sawyer. And he's really good in it, too. He's really good in Saw. Um, uh, Tobin Bell is fine as, like, Jigsaw. Do, like, blah, it's, blah, blah, yeah, blah. it's whatever. I'm gonna stand up now and oh. open my eyes, maybe. Oh, it's, it's, it's fine. But, like, we all love Danny Glover. We all love Carrie Elwes. And the thing for me that makes it so that I don't end up liking this movie overall and I don't end up liking the finished product and I will not, I don't think I'm going to want to watch it again and I'm really not interested in watching the sequels. And that's, that's unfair, but that's my test of like, will I watch a big sequel to a movie? Well, did I like the first one? That's, that's my test. Fast and the Furious. I know, that's true. But I was already, but you know what happened with Fast and the Furious to go back to that? I got sort of duped into watching the third one. Okay. And the third one won me over for the rest of them. Which, and I know which, which, is which, rare. Which, People is, which, <laughs> you're, uh, which I bro- you're like, I'm broken now. You're, <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> no, to you. But like, the first one people love and I think it's just okay and I didn't like it when it came out. The second one's even worse. But the third one, the way it had it, it, it was pitched to me, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. I had a buddy when I was in college who was like, no, no, no. It's a cheesy – You had seen the first two? Yes. Okay. I'd seen them in theaters and I was by the, by the time I saw the second one, I was like, this is a terrible – like I'm not going to see these anymore. Third one comes out. I didn't see it in theaters, but it wasn't until it was on video at a buddy's house. Uh, my buddy, I think it was uh, my buddy John's house that his pal and my bud was like, no, 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 it's bad and it's cheesy, but like in a good way. And it's like a 1950s hot rod movie. That's what yeah. it is. And I went, oh, okay. And so we watched I it and I was like, watched it as that. it's so cheesy. It, let's just talk about Tokyo Drift for a second well, because we I love it. we need to talk about, I was about to say something about it. About what, it. getting to Furious about 7? Fast and the Furious. I mean, it's kind of related. You, you're talking about like not giving the sequel because it's so difficult to tell people you have to watch every movie just to get to Fast Five, which is amazing. It's and such a good action movie. Like, four is like fun. And four's especially fun. now, since Wonder Woman's come out, four has Wonder Woman. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's got True. Gal Gadot in it, who everybody yeah, loves everybody Gal. Everybody revisit that, please. Yeah. Everybody revisit the Fast and Furious <laughs> Everybody franchise. revisit four, five, and six because they're fantastic. I want to know which of the Fast and Furious franchise movies would be on if the list did because come out again this, this came year. out in 08 and if when this came out list again, yes i'm gonna tell you right now five will be on it fast five should be in the top 500 movies of all time because it be as a standalone 20 action movies as of all a, time. yes as an action movie alone it is phenomenal it's and amazing. it's so fun and cheesy it's super and funny it's, too the rock has like it's the introduction of the rock yeah um and it's so over the top but like in such a great way and it's a heist movie and it's, you know, it has all these different elements and it's international and it's, and it's so fun. And it's the one that has the least amount of street racing because nobody gives a shit anymore. Like that's not what the, yeah, that's, that's not what it's about. They, four is when they switch to, yes. hey, this is muscle cars doing stuff for so stealing stuff. So when this list, the 500 greatest movies of all time came out in 08, the only movies that had been out have been the first one, the second one, and Tokyo Drift. And that's and it. Because that came sure out in 06. And the, uh, Fast and Furious came out in 2009. So like... 
Now we have eight of them that have come out. They're yeah. apparently working on a spinoff with Hobbs and Deckard, the Jason Statham character in The Rock, on top of doing like nine and ten. After seeing Spy, I'm very excited for that. It would be it would be great. I just and watched, after watching Fury, I just today the Furious. I just watched today a um a like a because uh, it's the beginning of the year of 2018 and people have been doing trailer like montages for all of 2017 they're like you know final cut 2017 Mm -hmm. like all of the you know snippets from movie trailers and they're always really really cool and they're great exercises and editing and music and it's really fun but it just reminds you of every movie that came out in the past year and there was an entire little like i feel like 60 seconds or more dedicated to jason statham in the fate of the furious like getting the baby like you're right little man and yeah. putting the headphones on i'm just like it's gonna be crazy and then it gets you know, one of the away. best action it's sequences so... of the year for sure <laughs> it's like the opening scene of baby driver and that yeah <laughs> <laughs> there is amazing it's so i just i love it so much and and like it's so cheesy and so great but like that's where that franchise is now so i think that if this list came out this year which we talked about it very may well have later this year yeah I, I would be fine be with it. Fast Five being like the representation yeah. of the whole franchise. I love moments in Furious 7. I think Furious 7 is a fascinating look at how to make a movie when an actor passes away in the middle of it. Like it's so impressive in that regard. I've seen it with multiple people that have been like, I couldn't tell when there was a CG replacement. And it's a good you know, tribute also. It, it, and it is like a, it's honestly, you get teary eyed at the end of the movie and it's really cheesy. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't get it. You have to. The crazy thing about it is that out of every movie franchise, major movie franchise, where, uh, you know, knock on wood, a horrific tragedy could have occurred, for like somehow serendipitously, Fast and the Furious was the one that, no, it has been about family. The entire time. The entire, even before this tragedy happened. Yeah. They didn't force that all of a sudden that they love each other like family. These like, quote unquote, criminals and superheroes and bank robbers and stuff. Like, no, for even from the first one. It'll, it'll, it's all about them having a cookout with Coronas and like caring about family. So I don't have friends. Part of the family. I got family. Yeah. Are you crazy? Is your sandwich crazy? Hey, sit down. <laughs> like, it's all about the family that yells at each other. Sandwich but like, crazy family. So, Furious 7 is so crazy. And that goes back to James Wan. It's crazy to watch that movie. I get choked up by the end of it. It's so sad to think about how Paul Walker passed away. Yeah. But that movie is a really beautiful tribute to him and that character, but really to him because that character isn't much more than Paul Walker. True. And everybody loved Paul Walker. Like Paul Walker was not the greatest actor ever, but he was Super so likable. Likable. And I liked yeah. him in every movie he was in, you know? Even when he played a character that was like a douchebag, like in She's All That, I'm like, I like that he's the guy that, you know, is is encouraging Freddie Prince Jr. to like go take the bet. I'm like, I like <laughs> Paul Walker. He's a douchebag, but I like them. But in timeline. James, yeah, <laughs> and into the blue. That's all of them, right? That's it. And running scared. I, I worked at a blockbuster for a couple of years, so I have. I, you know I can all, just. Yeah. I just know like any any movies from like '06 to like '09. I'm like I know all the all the DVD covers. All the DVD covers. Um, but back to James Wan, great director. Yeah, a lot of shots in this movie are good. A lot of them are dated, dated or late '90s, early 2000s stuff like editing and. Like spinning the camera around, dorky that, camera spin those damn stuff. Headlights, yeah. When they're showing people, it's showing <laughs> Danny Glover driving after Michael Emerson. Yes, and it just cuts to. <laughs> There's just probably they just seem together probably 300 shots of Danny Glover and headlights <laughs> and Michael Emerson in headlights, and then just like put metal music over it. They're just like in their cars on a set. 
Yeah. Not driving. Obviously. It's yeah. super dark. You're not seeing any lights pass or yeah. anything. <laughs> it's just metal music and then like in a car. Yeah. It's dark. So I can't, I don't like Saw because of the script and because of the performances. The performances are so over the top, the script doesn't help. The script isn't isn't helped by... They didn't by, have much to work with to exactly. begin with. The script itself is not helped by... Because I'll give you an example. Like There are certain actors who can pull off the cheesiest lines. The lines that are, you know, like... You go, go back to Gal Gadot for a second. I think about Christopher Reeve when he played Superman. These lines that like don't sound like humans would say them. And when they, they say them, them, when they sell them as their superhero characters or whatever, like they sell some of these lines. So the script for Saw is not helped by a lot of the rushed performances. But then again, you read about how the movie was made and they were shooting rehearsals and being like, cut, we're good. We got to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brutal. We know Carrie. four actors like that probably. Keller. They probably feel terrible about it. We know Carrie Elwes is a good actor. We know it. We know We've it. We've seen it multiple We've times. We've seen it. We know him from The Princess Bride. We know him from Liar Liar, where he's been like this lovable, cheesy, trying to be a stepdad. But he's like, we've seen him do, we've seen him pull off great We've seen him play a dad, and he's in this movie trying to play a dad, and it's like, Ugh. he's talking to a doll of a child, and it's like, <laughs> man, look at this sad man that stays in this room talking to this doll by himself. This is so sad. Oh, but boy. no, they, it's, it's just, it's supposed to be real. It's a child actor now. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, and we've seen, well, obviously we love Danny Glover, and we've seen him, uh, you know, in movies that we love and, and in like dramas and action movies and stuff. And in this, he's picking up a picture of his ex-partner, Ken Lung's character. He's like, we're going to close this case. We're going to close it. And I'm like, that's not. And there's th- the part where he's just sitting in his apartment talking oh, to himself while looking out a window. Exactly. Exactly. It's just that it's the script stuff. Yeah. Everything in this movie, this movie wants to be super, super smart and like, yep like oh man it's all fucked up and in your head and like what's gonna happen next but it spends the entire time spelling every single thing out it does and like literally showing you flashbacks yeah it is it's seven for dummies it's seven for (laughs) (laughs) i mean the movie was obviously influenced by seven clearly seven came out in what 1999 yeah i feel like i mean i think it's in the list of the top it's got to be up here Here, let me see if i can find it but um but talk a little bit about like the messaging of the movie Keller, because it's because it, the more that I wa- I've seen it basically twice now. But yeah, the more this I, is the second time I'd seen it. I, I hadn't seen it the last time we the more, watched it. The more I th- <laughs> the more I like think about this movie, it's difficult to. Um, it's just so it's a huge bummer. Yes, and like very nihilistic. But like on man, yeah, it's so nihilistic. It's so dark, but not in like. It's supposed to be teaching you this lesson. Yes. But it's like, what lesson are you trying to teach? You deserve to die because you cheated on your wife? Right. And it's like, I have cancer, so now I have this. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm able to decide who lives and dies. Right, yeah. And he's running around in a kimono, and it's like, you want me to take you seriously right now, man? (laughs) Come on. Oh, boy. Well, I can't find Seven, but I'm pretty sure it came out in 1999. But the point is, is that... uh, I have IMDb. Yeah, you do have that on your phone. Um, It's it's tough, because like you're saying, Keller, it's, it's Seven for dummies. It's also Seven for young people. It's not the most complex film, obviously. It's not super deep. It's about sort of shock... And suspense in 1995. Oh, well, then for sure. And Saw came out in 04. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 years after. Um, And it's taking that idea that happened in seven with a a fascinating 
like serial killer type character played by Kevin Spacey, boo, Kevin Spacey. Who's super self-righteous. Yes. And like- but at the end of that movie, what happens? The whole movie treats him like he is a psychopath, even yeah. though he is still charming like a Hannibal Lecter. We talked about Hannibal Lecter while watching this movie. But at the end of that movie... Justice is still kind of served, like you were saying, Keller. He still gets his comeuppance. Brad Pitt shoots him in the head. He makes his point, but then he does. He dies. Yeah. And at the end of this movie, Jigsaw gets up, takes his fake Hollywood, you know, bloody head mask off of his head. He converts like two people Mm -hmm. to be in his little Jigsaw puzzle cult. Yep. Walks out and says, game over, and closes it. And And like the fact that the target audience was 14-year-olds who loved doom and metal. Yes. It's not... It's a like yeah. It's not asking the audience to like consider, you know, multiple points of view. It's not. It's yeah. not. It's not providing the audience with like a difficult ethical quandary. It's just like this guy's a badass because he's taking things into his own hands and he's curing an addict, a drug addict, by showing her that she sinned before, but now she is happy to be alive, so she's going to stop using drugs. And it's so fucked up, and it totally dismisses, like... people like, who get sent to camps and scared yes. out of doing drugs, mm-hmm. or, or scared or, out of being gay. Yes. Or it's like, no, it doesn't work. No, I know, it's I like, know. And this is just teaching children Ugh. that it's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's cool to hurt yourself. Right, or, or, or that people who have, like, mental illness are actually just being babies and they want attention. Remember that guy who he who he trapped up in like the in the thing with all the little little razor blades that was yeah. very much like Seven where he's like if you want to live like it's it, it, the the, jigs, the jigsaw message was last week you slit your wrist even though you are a a well-off average American male. Now, did you slit your wrist because you really wanted to die or because you wanted attention? And I heard that line and I was like that's fucked up. It's that is very an awful thing. This is a mental like yeah. <laughs> it's it's like this person is an addict which is an illness. Yes. Uh, actual yes. Cert- that people that have addiction are helped with counseling and programs and support and all these different things and 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 for them to just be like nope she was scared out of being a drug addict because she took a crazy jaw contraption off of her head and like her jaw didn't... opioids are now the number one cause of death <sighs> in America. Oh my gosh. Above heart disease. Really? Yes. That's awful. Yeah. And this movie, this movie never even tries to, to do anything about any of that. It's again, it's just a surface level. Like, wouldn't it be like, what would you do in this situation? Would you it saw makes off your leg? Or would you... Out of a sadist is yeah, what it does. It does. It and does. Like, and they launch an entire seven movie franchise <laughs> to where the superhero is a guy who just does fucked up shit to yeah. teach lessons that aren't even lessons. When Jigsaw eventually dies in some sequel movie, and we talked about this before. Um, there are people that take his place because they have worshipped him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, kind, like in this people, movie, yeah, when just, they become acolytes of Jigsaw, or you know, and set up their own contraptions and their own like to help people. But it's really not. It's the most fucked like, up thing. Man, if they showed like somehow like the opposite side of it, to where it was yeah. like people trying to find Jigsaw, yeah. but it's never that. It's just I know because it's about shit in a room because it's about the trap. So one of the things we the puzzle question the game, for you, Keller. Question for you, over. Keller. Would you do you think that a Saw remake could be better or could work. It could be better and it could work. I want it to never happen. <laughs> but yeah. it could happen. They just like, it wouldn't, you just have to find a way to do the, you couldn't have a person like stand up at the end or anything. You couldn't do the same tricks. You'd have to completely redo the whole puzzle. But. Yeah, and, and I think and, that. And also given the message, I don't want them to ever. You just nailed it on the head though. If you do a movie that is, that where like Danny Glover's character is 
more of the main character as opposed to one of the victims, Carrie Elwes. Some and even if it who, was you know, Danny Glover and he was the main sure. character and then did it up turning into an acolyte, yeah. that's still a more interesting movie. Yeah, because the whole movie would be about the mystery of how do we catch this guy? Let's follow it from the cop's perspective. Very much like Jodie Foster, Science of the Lambs, like that kind of, Or like you in know, Zodiac, like you yeah. just become obsessed and then you have it go so far the obsession yeah. becomes him like... God, I love Zodiac. Being that's such board. a great movie. It is. And it's Seven great... is great. But, yeah. but you know, David Fincher, he knows how to do that sort of thing. We talked about horror movies that we like because we both are not massive horror fans. No. We believe that more often than not, horror movies are not great quality, but people sort of love them because, like, look at Nightmare on Elm Street, the Freddy Krueger series. I've seen most of them. I don't think any of them are like great movies on their own. Well, but some people aren't looking for that in horror. Exactly. A lot of it is but like, I love and... Freddy Krueger. I get yeah. the appeal. They're fun. It's like going on a roller coaster because you know you're going to be scared, but then when it's done, you're safe. That's why people love horror movies, along with other reasons. But I think, for example, I think that The Exorcist is the greatest horror film of all time, and I think it is a an incredibly well-made movie. It deserves like the Oscar nominations it got. I'm like, that's that's a high caliber. Yeah. Most of the time they're not. And because they're low budget, because studios don't want to make these kinds of movies and treat them seriously. My favorite movie maybe of the past year, Get Out. Horror film. Low budget. Low budget, but still treated like it's so smart, says so many great things, is still well made, great performances, and taps into something that that horror has tapped into in the past where it's like something that people have been feeling or something that they're afraid of. And there is no better example of showing a lot of the fears that, uh, like rational fears that like people of color and black people have in the United States is Get Out. Saw has like irrational fears of, it's irrational to be afraid of being kidnapped and put into a, an escape room essentially of death. But like, that's, but, but you know. It's irrational fear and then at the end it's like, but you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. You need to be here. Yeah, which is kind of fucked up because he's trying to do that sort of twist thing that at the end of the movie it's supposed to make you kind of gasp and go, oh man, that was him all along. I need to rethink my life now. Yeah, and then it'll make you want to go back and rewatch the whole thing, but that doesn't. It didn't make you want to do that. It didn't make me want to do that. But um, that's the other thing. This movie is inspired escape rooms. True. Which has become such a thing in the past year, especially. Like, lock me in a closet with a <laughs> book of Sudoku puzzles. Yeah. And, like, come back in two hours. And like, oh, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the escape room you yeah. want to, you don't want to go do an escape room? No. I've not... done one. It was kind of, like, not super easy, but, like, you know, it wasn't like a, uh, you've got to dig through a toilet escape room. It was like, you're on a spaceship and everything's clean and nice and you've got to press buttons. I bet press there buttons. are, like, saw escape rooms. Yeah, room. I'm sure there is. I hate that. It's fucked up. Yeah. It really is. So anyway, I mean, that's where I'm at with this movie. It's like, I, I, I get why, I get why you would even be on this list because I'm sure that as people were cycling through genres to come up with their top 10 to send into this list, yeah, if you they were really like, do gotta have, one. gotta have horror. What's been my favorite of the past 10, 20 years? Honestly, saw, done, you know, I get it. But man, there are so much better movies that deserve to be in the top five. Hundy, yes, definitely. Sorry, but sorry, sorry. I guess given what it did for the entire horror genre, <laughs> even though I'm not a fan of what it did to What's the horror genre. What's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie, I don't... Because you know what? Something like The Sixth Sense will count. I love The Sixth Sense. I'll count Sense. like a suspense thriller. That is a horror movie. Yes, it is. It's about yes, it ghosts is. and stuff. Yes, it is. I prefer horror movies about ghosts. Same. And... I like the unknown, the fear of the unknown, supernatural. I'm not into the super gory, sadistic no. stuff. I love a good serial killer movie. Like, I love Sounds of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you love the TV show Hannibal, movie. yeah, the TV which show we're Hannibal. not talking about television okay, on sorry, this podcast. Sorry, Keller. I almost got into this is the this is the five no television discussions sorry, here. To, I gotta say one thing about television. No discussions about television. I sound like a I sound like a Kristen Wiig character. What are we watching? What everybody watch Hannibal? Yeah, Hannibal's great. No, yeah. we can talk about Hannibal. Okay. It's a great show. Okay. Great show. And yeah, that stuff is fascinating. And that stuff, that's a gory show, but like beautifully gory. Exactly. They, you know? Yeah, it's a mainstream like Dexter was network television. Gory, but in the, but the way Not that they super would show. super artistic. No, but it was still, but but Hannibal is beautiful to look yeah. at. Like so appealing, but fat, like horrific at the and same I like time. the characters a lot more. Characters are great. So I don't know, man. The world of Saw, not for me, but there is a lot in that premise that I think, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did a remake one day. I, I bet you they could do a remake that would be, you know, if you hired like talented people. Not that James Wan and Lee Wan L were not talented. It would basically have to be built around Give them time. the Jigsaw character. Yes. And then... But but flesh out the other characters as well. I want to I see less of the the sort of like death trap scenes and more of like like the psychology of it. And, and, we were and saying it'd be, we'd like it better if it all had been in one room. Yeah, if the entire if an entire if, if the whole film way, yeah. is in one room and it was it just became about it would be reactions like, and phone conversations yeah. and it would be like an escape room. But then I don't scenario. know how you do the Danny Glover part and all that stuff. Right. So I don't know. There's a couple different ways to to attack it. I think, and I would be interested in like actually. But like as you said, everything but that room looked like that room looked amazing. Great production design. Yeah, it looked like it was covered in poop. He parks in a There's barn. Poop everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Gary Ellis is parking lot. For the hospital or something? Was just it a, in the was, stable. You know, just <laughs> there were like, the, horse shit everywhere. Yeah, just in parking right next to a horse. Just like, yeah. easy, easy girl. And he goes, <laughs> he goes and goes to his work or whatever. Like, And, the whole, and the whole idea, too, of like window. the victims being – like, you know what would be great? Grab a victim that is somebody who has cheated thousands of people out of millions of dollars. Yeah, get like – Do you know what I mean? Like or, a politician or, or just like, like the a, way Seven did it. Seven did mm-hmm. find like – Terrible people, worthwhile, worth, yeah. yeah, worthy of like you know this this person. Half is the time, sorry, yeah. like that's not, that's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like this he cheated person, on his wife. Well, yeah. he made a mistake, and he they're adults, and he should figure that shit out. But like, you don't have to hold a gun to his daughter's head or to get him to drug like drug addicts. Come and, on, and which are these these characters? These types of characters, these types of people are like oftentimes they're victims of their circumstances, not the cheating guy but still it's like and the fact that Danny Glover's character like loses his partner and then he goes crazy I didn't buy it because I didn't buy the the friendship you know what I mean so like imagine a film that actually took its time to do all that stuff you could easily like like one up the original Saw in terms of like okay here's a remake that's gonna cost more than a million dollars here's a budget here we have time to do multiple takes so don't worry actors we're not gonna we're not gonna record a rehearsal give us the line you know First of all, his wife's name is Allie. His, his wife's name is Allie. <laughs> A as in apple. L-L-I-E. Probably. And at one point, Carrie Elwes is on the cell phone and he just like turns, whips around. He's no, like, t- he thinks he's on the cell phone yeah. with the killer. And yes. he's like, you son of a bitch. You son of a and bitch. And his wife talks and then he goes, Hallie. <laughs> and they left hard it in. H. They left it hard in. H. It's a hard H. They left it in the movie. That you couldn't have said like, and it's also scary. a terrible line read. Not even the fact that the I line know. is wrong, yeah. but just that it is <laughs> the most quotable line in the entire movie, only because it is so 
bad. And then, like, later, Carrie Elwes, apparently the behind-the-scenes drama of it was, like, he ended up suing the the producers of this film because he didn't get... Takes. Takes, <laughs> but also he didn't get, like, he, he, in his contract or whatever, he may have had, like, a back-end deal or whatever. The movie ended up grossing $100 million. Yeah. If the movie cost a million, do the math, figure out how much of that budget was allocated to give Carrie Elwes the money to sit and shit and cut off his leg all day... Movie makes a hundred million dollars. Pay the man. Pay you know, Seriously. like pay everybody who was involved in that film, and uh, and yeah, like there was a bunch of behind the scenes drama, and it took years for them to sort of like patch things up, and eventually Carrie always came back, and like a future saw as his same character who I think became another sort of follower of Jigsaw. Which blah is blah the blah. Worst. Whatever, it's fine. But like, man, that line reading was brutal. That was rough. There's a few really bad ones. There's ba- yeah. When he first gets on the phone, it's also really bad. It is. Why? Why didn't you tell me? What do you mean? Like, ugh. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like rough. the same number of stutters every time. Um, did you talk about what type of horror movies you liked? You liked the thrillers. You liked the, the, the Hannibal TV show. You liked Silence of the Lambs. You liked Zodiac. You liked The Sixth Sense. I don't like I the like, sadistic stuff. I, neither do I. And, I. and I wonder if... I, I haven't seen these, Hills Have Eyes. I haven't seen Hostel. I know. I know. Neither have I. Neither have I. I don't think I'm trying to. Remember, I'm trying to think of what is like the goriest horror movie of though. Honestly, I think this is it. This is when this came out. I didn't see it when I was in high school. Yeah. Because quite frankly, I was afraid of it. I was. I was like, I don't want to go see Saw because the way that it was very smartly advertised was like, this thing is fucked up. It's disgusting. So teens were like, let's go, and I was like, no thanks. No, I'm thank fine. Yeah. I didn't think I would like the movie. I'm not bummed out that I you know, miss the boat like that. I didn't see it when it come out. I'm not. I'll stay off because, that boat. Yeah. I'm I didn't, fi- I didn't want to wear. I'll wait for the next boat. I'm fine. goes with yeah. chains on them. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I think that a, a remake could definitely improve a lot of the, because again, my yeah. issues with it are, well, now they're sort of threefold. It's the script, like some of the writing, the dialogue itself, the, the, the dialogue that certain characters say, the performances, not the actor's faults, the message and now i'm like the message now i want to see the way it was shot yeah some of the directing. just because it's dated but i but again if james wan directed this today but also a million dollars exactly yeah i'm not you know yeah, but i can't I, fault him for i anything. think that it, it's something it's really very good for a million dollars yes it is it's interesting to look back on like we've been doing and and actually consider the sort of just like the implication of what the movie's trying to say mm-hmm. it's frustrating to me it's nihilistic it's depressing i disagree with it i don't I, you know but if I was a 13-year-old boy and saw this, would I think differently? Absolutely. This probably would have blown my mind, stayed with me. I would have dug it. I would have thought the twist ending was cool. You know, I don't know. But whatever. Damn. We missed the boat. We Sorry. could have been weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted pictures. Twisted I hate pictures. that logo. You started making me – you made me start the movie Bright. Yeah. Written by Max Landis. <laughs> Boo, Max Landis. Trigger warning yeah. entertainment. God damn it. Directed by David Ayer. And the, the beginning of the production company is Trigger Warning Productions or whatever. That is so insulting. I like, fucking immediately, hate that. Immediately wrote off the entire movie. Not that I hadn't sure. heard the mountain of shit about yeah. <laughs> the movie already. But yet, that, kind but. Of, that kind of just like... Like that stuff to me is not... When people talk about, you know, oh, everybody's too politically correct... I don't think people really consider what that means. I don't think that people consider being politically correct. Because to me, for I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. It is bad to say the N word. Yes. 
I I'll just, agree with you. Yeah, thanks, Keller. <laughs> I think that society would agree. I think that the world would – like everybody Overall. understands the context. They understand why it is bad to say that word. Everybody gets it. That became after years and years and years and years of of probably pushback yeah. a politically correct thing to do because it is correct to treat people with respect. True. And that word carries so much vitriol, hate – you know, it's it's one of the worst words ever, mm-hmm. and its usage is the, it's the worst. So, you know, that is that is being politically correct. Being politically correct is treating people with respect. That's what that means. It doesn't mean going out of your way to censor things, to hide things. So then, when I see something like Twisted Pictures, that's not that big of a that's deal. That's like a, it's a horror movie. It's yeah, like, cool. Ooh, barbed wire. <laughs> oh no, it tightened it. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, and then we were watching it, and you were like, never saw. <laughs> It looks like the Tony Hawk, yeah, NeverSoft logo it looks with like an a eye, video like game cool. production company. It does. It looks Press like a start. you know, which I'm like, eh, I'm like, that's kind of harmless, whatever. But when I see trigger warning productions, I especially think you guys are assholes to go out yeah. of your way to be like, oh, <laughs> trigger warning, don't be offended. This is going to be offensive. It's like, what, really, really, you want to do that? You want to do something that offends people that have been through actual trauma in their lives, like that have been through Just horrific for fun. Like they have no for reason fun, yeah. to do it either. No reason. Like these, the, the people, whoever decided that they are not victims of trauma themselves. I'm pretty no. sure. Like it's nothing to be like, you know, and it's even not if like they a, are, don't oh, do it. It's awful, man. It's so bad. Um, I don't know. I just don't think Especially people consider all the that. stuff about that movie already. Yeah, about Bright. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Saw. And I feel like we're pretty much we're pretty much done talking about Saw. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what else I got for it. Uh, Greg Smith, if you're listening, sorry, bud. Um, I'm really sorry. It, it's, it, we, we, when we talked to Greg last year, we loved his enthusiasm and we loved having the conversation. And it helped us. You know, because the whole point of this thing is like we're going through each one of these movies one a week, but it, we're not just watching it. Like I'm doing research, we're doing research, we're looking things up, we're talking about it, we're looking things up as we're watching these movies, and it is mind blowing to know that this thing was a million dollars and then made a hundred mil. You know, and it's and 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 so all of the sort of good that this that has surrounded this film, I think we're aware of, and we totally respect it. I just don't ever want to see this movie again. Never ever again. No gracias. I'm done. No thank you. Hard pass, wouldn't own, wouldn't buy it. Yeah, that we're going to go and say this is a definite not buy. That's a definite not Not buy. buy? That's a pass. That's a not buy for me. That's a pass. But Keller, what are we watching next week? Oh, and also real quick, Greg. That was so close. That was so close. So close. close. Greg, thank you, bud. We are going to have you on a future episode. So look forward to that because Gregory Smith is a brilliant actor, writer, improviser, comedian, musician. So it's going to be really good. But uh, maybe he can come back and tell us how wrong we were about Saw, which would be... Fantastic. Um, yeah, we deserve it. Keller, what are we watching next week? Next week, we will be watching the sequel to Back to the Future. <laughs> Back to the Future Part 2. That's right, which uh, I didn't check. I don't know if it's um, streaming on any services. Uh, I apologize. I should have done that. You should own I mean, it. Keller, you oh, you already own it. You have the I own trilogy. It, but everyone should own it. I I would agree with that. I love my Back to the Futures. Just and own then, the trilogy. They're not the without their it. problems. Obviously. Ob- and we will talk about them because they're We're gonna get into out of the it. three movies, the second one has the most problems for I think, sure i think and and so fun and interesting to talk about the temple today. of doom of the yeah. back of the future <laughs> it is the trumpiest it is the most racist it's the rapiest it's the rape well the first one was no i think no it's that that it's definitely no it's you get definitely. that rapiness and yes. then you get some more rapiness you have to, from you, the 80s it's, it's true great. you got to go over it again they double up biff is just the worst he's just yeah. a horrific but a great mm-hmm. movie villain um and we're pretty and clear that guy is 
He's. And we're not going to get into it. We're not going to get into Back to the Future. We're not right going to get into the Back to the Future. But uh, guys, come back next week to talk about Back to the Future Part Two, which came out in 1989. Eight. 1989. 88? Really? Yeah. Not 89. Yeah, Because right. part three was 90. I remember because at the end of Back to the Future Part 2, it says, in the summer of 1990. And then that's when part three comes out. Um, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Go check it out. Oh, and also, we've got to talk about our rule. We've got a rule on the 500 Greatest Films podcast. I am upset about it, <laughs> but I'm going to abide. Here's the rule. If we're watching a remake like last week's Ocean's Eleven, you don't have to have seen the original. It's okay. Because it's a remake. If we're watching a sequel, a direct sequel, a direct part two or three or whatever, we'll have to have made sure to watch everything before the lead up before it. Uh, we're not going to be discussing Back to the Future Part One next week because, as you would imagine, I mean, we'll be discussing, I guess, the two movies up to that point, kind of while looking at Part Two. But as you can imagine, Back to the Future is still on this list for the 500 greatest so we're movies. Not gonna, it we shows might, up we later. Might, we might lightly discuss it yeah but just because yeah, yeah. that will also be eight years from now yeah or something stupid <laughs> i think yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. 10 years from now it's I in the top so. like 100 yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure it is um but i don't think back to the future part three is on the list i don't think so even so, though a lot of people would say it's better than two i might agree with it's i, I it's definitely more it. of a favorite for me because yeah. i love fun western shit and it's you know all the Clint and especially now great. especially now like it is tough to watch how trumpy it's super trumpy the prophetic Back to the Future Part 2 was. And is becoming more so every single every day. Every single day. Every single day. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. So, that's Back to the Future Part 2 next week. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us talk about Saw. Uh, the week after Back to the Future Part 2, Keller and I are going to knock out another movie. And then the week after that, which is next month another in movie. February, we're going to start having some guests on to uh, vary up the discussion because I'm already sick of this guy. Yeah, it's uh, I'm a big I'm I'm a hard time. Mm-hmm. It's a tough, I'm tough to deal you're with. You're a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, really tough. So, but Hector has just been farting in here this entire <laughs> time. I am really good at silent farts, so that's been my specialty. The air is dense. <laughs> <laughs> it is thick with a with a dense, heavy, like musty. What did I eat today? What did I have? Like for I just. I just uh, ran my finger along a book, and there's green dust on my finger. <laughs> From my farts. This is stupid. All right, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week on the 500 Greatest Films podcast, Back to the Future Part 2. You're the best. Bye-bye. I love you.